Hello, welcome back. Happy Monday, everybody. January 9th of 2023. The Penguins are back in the win column. They win 4-1 to one against the Arizona Coyotes. Well, was that a little cringe? Eh, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Um, a 4-1 to one win over the Arizona Coyotes on Sunday night. In this episode of the Locked Up Penguins podcast, we're going to fully break down that win for you. Also do a full preview for Tuesday's game against the Vancouver Canucks. I believe Ashley and I will be there for that game as I need to have a little bit of better luck uh, for this one after seeing what happened against the Detroit Red Wings. And that's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Penguins 4, Coyotes 1. Yes, the Penguins did win a game on Sunday night. It wasn't pretty, but you know they, they badly needed that win. They started out the game a little bit rough. They go down 1-0 to the Coyotes a few minutes in. Not have a good start down one at the end of the first period. And at that point, I'm kind of saying, you better win this game. There are no excuses to lose this game to that kind of team. I understand the Coyotes have beaten some good teams at home ice this season. They've beaten the Avalanche at home. They've beaten the Maple Leafs, I believe, a couple of times. I think they've beaten the Maple Leafs twice this season. They've beaten a couple other really good teams. They're not as bad as a lot of people thought they were going to be. But for the Penguins, you when you're on a 16 losing streak and you when you need to bank points, you better win that game because heads will really roll. And I think Twitter would have actually melted if the Penguins lost that game. But nope, Penguins were able to win 4-1. Jake Genzel gets two goals in the second period. Penguins play their best third period of the season. And they're able to um, get out with the victory. I think the biggest thing that I really took away from this, Jake Gensel, welcome back. to the well, I screwed that up. Jake Gensel, welcome back to the land of the living. You know, for if you've been listening to this show, Past couple of weeks, I, I've been going in on Jake a little, bit, a little bit because he's not been playing well. He kind of looks like he's over, just overthinking all of it, to be honest. But he was dynamite in this game. As Marcus Pedersen told Josh Ely of The Athletic after the game, Jake Gensel is the goal thief. And, you know, he was that on Sunday night. He gets two goals. Um, his first five-on-five five goal since November, got his second five-on-five five goal um, just a few minutes after you know, you can only keep a sleeping giant down, you know, for so long, right? You know, you, you were never going to keep him down forever. And he showed that um, in um, this game. He was electric, just all over the ice. Um, it felt like just from the drop of the puck, he was finally going to get one. And sure enough, um, he got not just one, but two. You know, those two goals really gave the Penguins life. I should say the first one really gave them life because I thought the Penguins were competing hard. But once they tied the game up, um, it, it they really took control of that game and did not give the Coyotes anything um, the rest of the time outside of some stuff on the on the penalty or on the power play shorthanded. But we'll get to that a little bit later. But Jake, you know, just two vintage Gensel goals right around the, the net front. Um, you know that that area is kind of his office as well. The second one, really nice job for him to kind of change the angle 
on that one. The first one was just a really nice shot. Um, and, and you could tell, you know, right away when he scored, he just kind of looked up and just, you know, praised God right there just because he knows he's been, you know, just feeling it as of late, hasn't really been doing his job. But um, he was awesome in this game. And again, you know, when the top six scores, good things happen. Jason Zucker gets another one, make it 3-1. The game was basically over with a minute to go, but Jeff Carter gets um, another goal this season. Um, I'll say it again. As the top six goes, this team is going to go. That is how it is until they go and make an upgrade or two for the bottom six. Top six is going to have to carry the load, especially with the two of the, two of the best defensemen out. That's how they're going to have to win games here because I don't think a lot of those depth players are really going to step up and score. You know, Josh Archibald is still out. Ryan Paling is still out with that aggravated aggravated injury. They don't have a good third-line center, even though Carter scored that empty netter. Boo-hoo. I mean, boo-hoo. You know, whatever. Cool. You know, guy gets an empty net goal, but still, you know, outside of that, didn't really think he had that good of a game. But, you know, my my big takeaway from this game was the, the uh, return of Jake Ensel. If he can get back to producing like he normally does, this team is going to win a lot of games here down the stretch. So I was really appreciative of his efforts last night. Sidney Crosby as well. He played another very good game. Just that entire line, I should say, with Gensel, Crosby, um, and Russ. You know, they've been flip-flopping Raquel and Russ throughout the season. But, you know, last night's top line, very, very solid. And I would expect that to continue. Jason Zucker, um, you know what, I'll get to that um, in just a second. But um, really solid job uh, overall by Jake Gensel. Um, Now I will get to Jason Zucker. He was flirting with that forehand backhand move a couple times in the game, right? He kind of bull rushed the milk of uh, the milk, excuse me, wasn't able to get the shot off. Third time was the charm though, when the penguins badly needed an insurance goal because the penguins have been so bad at defending and leading the third period. Um, according to Josh Yowie's article from the athletic um, and this lines up, the penguins have given up uh, six third period leads already this season and they've lost. Um, number probably feels a bit low to be honest, but um, you know, they, they made sure that they were not going to do that in this game. Jason Zucker makes it three to one with only um, was about, mm, about, yeah, about, what was it, about halfway through the third period, something like that. A little, a little bit past Penguins were able to skate away with the victory and not give Arizona anything for the rest of that period. And I will say this Penguins have had a lot of trouble with the third, third periods this year. They've given up a lot of leads. They've blown games that they shouldn't have. You know, it was, this was evidence just last week um, in the Winter Classic against the Boston Bruins. They give up one to tie it with about 10 minutes left. Give up a game winner with less than three minutes left when you couldn't even get a point. Carolina, the two Carolina games just a couple weeks ago, you know, they've had a lot of problems. But for this game, shout out to everyone on the Penguins that was playing in that third period. That was excellent hockey. Um, with defending the lead. They were exquisite. They were aggressive. They were forechecking. They were not sitting back. They were not turtling. They were taking it to the Coyotes and they were not giving anything back in return. And if you look at natural Star Trek, the Coyotes, only one high danger um, uh, chance in the third period, only four scoring chances for at 5v5. A very solid job by the Penguins um, once they got that insurance goal, they continued to clamp down and they also continued to forecheck as well. They did not, they gave the Coyotes anything again, the rest of that third period. That was, I think that, that is the blueprint for the Penguins. If they want to succeed and they want to get better defending leads, 
You have to look at that game, watch the tape on it, and see what you need to do. I understand you're playing the lowly Coyotes. They're in the race for Connor Bedard. But you know what? A win is a win, and you can use tape from that game and use it against better teams. You just maybe have to play a bit more harder. Well, I shouldn't even say that. You know, just, well, yeah, yeah. honestly, that makes sense. Maybe you have to play just a little bit harder because, because the Coyotes, they're not as good as some of these other teams that the Penguins are going to be playing against. So, really happy with those aspects from the win um, on Sunday night. That does it for this segment. Coming up in the uh, second segment, we're going to get into Casey Dismiss' performance, why I really liked what he did and how he needs to keep that up. And we'll also get into how bad the power play was and what really needs to change with that unit because I'm tired of, the, of it being Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And we'll also touch on um, the special um, the, the penalty killing unit as well. Um, but before we get to that, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I just started taking athletic greens because sometimes I didn't have time in the morning. I wanted better gut health, more energy. You know, sometimes I don't really like taking pills or vitamins and all that. So you're probably wondering, what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and probiotics to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging, all of those things. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. There's also no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It also costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold root habit and you're investing in all-in-one nutritional insurance. It also has over 7,000 five-star reviews and it's recommended by professional athletes. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day and that's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements and all that stuff. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is, is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguin so a couple other things to get into when it comes to this game before we preview tuesday's game against the canucks um casey de smith excellent performance from him that is the kind of performance that i want to see from him going forward if tristan jari is going to be out a little while he's already been out a week mike sullivan's been very coy to talk about it the details are not there right now i have not heard a thing so if you've been thinking about asking me don't i have no idea um what the injury is but the fact that mike Sullivan's not really saying anything it's a little bit concerning. Usually we would know by now if he's truly day-to-day, week-to-week, something like that. The Penguins are obviously going to be hoping for good news, but you know he's being evaluated in Pittsburgh right now. Um, but to Smith, very good last night. He bailed out the team on more than one occasion. The goal that he gave up was not his fault. He made a couple of dazzling saves, especially in the second period when the Penguins' power play was really bad. Uh, one of them was on a three-on-five, which I don't think I've ever seen the Penguins give up a breakaway goal um, when they have a five-on-three. And it came to former Penguin Nick Bukestad, and maybe that's the reason why um, it did not go in the back of the net, but the Smith made all of the saves that he needed to, um, was in the positives in t- terms of goal save above, above expected well over 940 in this game. Very solid job by him. And I will say this again, they need this kind of goaltending. If they want to get, you know, stay in the race here until Tristan Jari is back healthy. Yeah. It's already been out a week. 
I don't really know any of the details right now, but this is DeSmith's net until Tristan is ready to play again. And, you know, they have a back-to-back upcoming this weekend. If Tristan is not ready to go, I would assume Dustin Tokarski is going to get a game. And, you know, if he can be at least league average, the Penguins should be fine as well. That's really all the Penguins need. It's just league average goaltending people. That's that's it. You know, if if they can get that, they can win a lot of games. Heck, if they've had if they would have had league average goaltending in the last two three years in the playoffs, you know, we'd be having a much different conversation right now in terms of you know playoff series wins for Mike Sullivan or versus playoff losses. They, they probably would have made at least one more uh, mini run, maybe not to the final, but second round Eastern Conference final, something like that. But that is a performance to build off of if you were to spend. The problem with him is, you know, he's just a bit inconsistent at times. So I just want to see more consistency. But really solid job from him. Um, power play, what a joke. Um, 0 for 6, it looked lifeless all night. At this point, you got to start changing some things up. Change up the deployment. I mean, you can put POJ on there all you want. But, you know, is that really going to change how bad the core players are playing on there? I don't really know. Um, Evgeny Malkin has kind of looked lost on the power play for the last week. Sid hasn't really been doing much. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to throw Gino just under the bus himself. You know, I think everyone else on there has been total crap um, as well. Um, zone entries wise, if I'm just going off like my eye test, it seems like they gain the zone 30% of the time. The rest are just easy clears for the opposition. It just doesn't seem like there's any actual plan for when the Penguins go on the power play. It's just like, oh, we're going to get the puck. We're going to do a drop pass. We're going to somehow carry it into the offensive zone. Oh, wait, we lost the puck. It's going back down, back down the other way. Or when we do gain the offensive zone, it's like, oh, we got it. Let's overpass and pass the puck around 5 million times. Let's take one stupid shot for the point. Oh, opposition gets it. It's cleared back down the other way. Everything about it sucks. And I'm tired of this being Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It stung to start the season. Well, actually, not, excuse me. It was decent to start the season. It stunk during the losing streak, and even after that, they then had a 10-game streak where they scored at least one goal on the power play, which is one of the longest streaks of, of, of the, it's definitely the longest streak of the Mike Sullivan era, almost one of the longest streaks of the Sidney Crosby and Malkin era. I believe the record was 12 or 13. And now it's just back to sucking, and they're 0 for their last 20. It's just unacceptable. There is there is no reason. I don't even care that Crystal Tang is not on that unit right now. There is no reason why that unit should be the way it is with how bad it is right now. Um, I, I think it's poorly coached. I don't really know what Todd Reardon is saying um, to his guys. I think he's doing a poor job of coaching up that unit. And I think the players are doing a very poor job of executing whatever t- uh, Todd is telling them. Um, everything about it right now stinks. Um, I'm not saying that you need to separate Sidney Crosby and up getting Malkin or something like that. But what I am saying is, you know, Maybe move someone off, you know, just you can move Brian Rust off, you know, move Ricard, put Ricard McKell back on, you can move POJ on, something like that. Um, you know, they got to change up the tactics with it because it seems like every time the Penguins get a power play, the opposition knows what's coming. It's so easy to game plan for. Even during the streak, they were doing the same things. They were just getting a little bit more puck luck in the goaltending that they were going up against was just not playing that well. So, you know, the same issues have been there. It's just... You know, right now the issues are really bad um, for the Penguins as an over 20 skid. skid. Yeah. So, you know, that needs to change in a hurry. Obviously, the penalty kill has been really good. Um, it was great again um, last night in Arizona. And I know the Coyotes, I mean, you're playing Arizona here, people. But, you know, they still did, you know, a solid job. I believe they killed off like, what, two, three, four penalties, something like that. And, you know, speaking of the power play struggles, you know, I don't even know how you give up a five on three shorthanded goal 
just complete laziness by everyone on the ice. That would have been the first time, I think, in the Sid Gino era that they've given up a three-on-five goal. Um, I can't recall the last time they ever gave one up. So um, just ridiculously embarrassing. Good thing DeSmith was there to bail out the mistake of that top unit. Uh, he saved the puck on Nick Bukestad. Not good enough. It needs to change, and it needs to change in a hurry. You know, it's been losing them games. The Devils game, prime example. You have nine power play opportunities. You can't even score one with all that talent. Sorry, that's not acceptable. That's just gross, um, my opinion. So um, that's what I have to say really on that. So I think that's really all I have to say about this game um, as a whole. If you look at uh, the natural stat trick, at five on five, the Penguins had 56% of their shot attempts. They had um, scoring chances. They lost the battle 23-15. They did lose the um, high danger battle 9-6. Expected goals though, Penguins 50.3. So kind of a 50-50 right there, but they did have... Three goals for a five on five, uh, one goal. Oh man, so, uh, pardon me. The Coyotes had two high danger chances in the third period, but still, um, that's a very solid job. The Penguins played did a very good job with learning, uh, with learning them. But you know, it was a massive win for them. They needed it in the worst way, and the schedule is going to start opening up here. They have a lot of winnable games here in the month of January. They play Vancouver on Tuesday, which we're going to get to in the final segment. They got Winnipeg coming up. Yes, they do play Carolina, which is going to be a very tough game on um, this weekend. But um, if you go here and look at the rest of the standings after this, they play Carolina. They have Anaheim at home, a home and home against a struggling Ottawa Senators team. The Devils again, which will be tough. The Panthers who stink. They have the Sharks as well, late January. Yes, I know they play Washington who has been surging, but a lot of very winnable games, especially at home, um, as we as we go through the month here of January before they have that full week off. I think that's the bye week. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's either their bye week or it's the all-star breaks, something like that. They don't play for the first full week of February. And I, so, you know, they have an opportunity here to really go on a run. So that win was big. We'll see if they can follow it up on Tuesday and we will preview that game right after this. But before we get to that, BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from both football to college bowl season to basketball in the world cup. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. You can head to the website today or use your phone to learn more. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LLR Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So Penguins Canucks, second time. This season, Penguins lost the first matchup earlier in the year. They got blown out um, in Vancouver. A really poor performance by the Penguins against a struggling Vancouver Canucks team at that point. Kuzmeko, I believe, had two goals. Penguins lost that game, what, 4-5-1, something like that. It was a very poor performance from them against a, a Canucks team that has been good in spurts this season, but not good enough. Tomorrow, they'll come in with Kuzmeko, Elias Pedersen, and JT Miller. On their top line, Pedersen is very, very good. With JT Miller, we all know what he can do. The hometown kid had almost had basically 100 points last season. Though there's been some baggage with him this season. I know some of you all have been to my mentions about maybe reacquiring him, but fact of the matter is the Penguins aren't going to touch that cap hit, and he's also just been a total D-hole um, to players on the Canucks this season. The, the baggage is really bad. Uh, and that, that's just – it's not off the ice. It is on the ice. It's just – it's not looking pretty. Uh, but Pedersen, though, he's been good. Kuzmenko had two goals in the last matchup. Second line, uh, Brock Besser, Bo Horvat, and Ilya Mikheyev. Bo Horvat is my main target for the Penguins for third-line center. He does it all. 
great offensively, can penalty kill, can put him on the second power play unit, good defensive metrics. He would be a perfect third line center for this team. That, that, that is a very good top six, by the way. It is a shame that the Canucks are just not in the playoff, playoff spot right now. Um, third line and their bottom six is where it kind of just gets dicey. Connor Garland, Will Lockwood, Curtis Lazar, Sheldon Dries, Dakota Josh, um, players who are just, you know, kind of eh at this point in their career. Uh, defensive pairings. Quinn Hughes, who's amazing with Ethan Bear, Oliver Ekman Larson with Tyler Myers, and then Travis Dermott with Luke Shen. Quinn Hughes, we all know how good he is. Great puck mover, good defensively in his own zone. You know, maybe he's not a good, as good as his brother right now, but um, he is a true number one uh, defenseman in this league. Ethan Bear, good to see him getting a shot um, with the Canucks. Ekman Larson, you know, he's having a little bit of a better year, as he, even though he struggled the last couple of years. Tyler Myers, not what he once was, but can still lay the boom. Travis Dermott. He was always good in Toronto. Luke Shen, uh, I, I think he's going to get a lot of trade interest as well. Um, Thatcher Demko is on IR right now, so the Penguins, it looks like, will not be seeing him in this game. I think they will get Spencer Martin um, or Colin uh, Delia, but it's going to be Spencer Martin. He actually started the first matchup, which, you know, that was the game that kind of ticked me off a little bit because the Penguins, they were going up against an NHL goalie who barely had any experience and, you know, in typical Penguins fashion. Uh, he was stonewalling them. Um, other stats here, you all set for the Canucks. Uh, Penguins, 8-4-1 and four, one in their last 13 games overall against the Canucks. They've also gotten points in five for the last six against them. They're also 6-2-1 and two and one in their last nine home games against them, dating back to November 17th of 2010. And the Penguins have won six of seven against Western Conference teams this season. So they have a lot of West games um, still to play. Um, th- again, this is a very winnable game for the Penguins. You're going up against a Canucks team that, let's face it, you know, this has been a very tough year for them, a very tough year for that fan base. The Canucks right now, eight points out of a playoff spot, 17-19-3. Jim Rutherford has his work cut out for him. Um, Patrick Alvina, I should say, for really turning that team around. It is That, that team is really feeling it. Right now, they have to make some tough decisions, I think, at the deadline. But the Penguins, you know, just get puck. You know, you're playing Spencer Martin most likely a goalie who does not have a lot of NHL experience. You know, you have to do a lot better than you did last time um, against him. Casey DeSmith has to play good again. If he can uh, duplicate that, replicate, excuse me, that performance that he had on Sunday against the Arizona Coyotes, that would be very, that would be very huge for the Penguins' chances to win. Top six needs to produce. You know, it would also be nice if they could get some goals um, from the bottom six. Um, and, you know, just stick to, you know, just play Penguins hockey. You know, just every shift, Zero to 100, four checking aggressively, five check will always be important. You know, you're at home. This needs to be another win. You're playing another team that's not contending for a playoff spot this season. You have to come home with this win. You have to stay pace with the other teams in the division. Because right now, Penguins, if I check my phone, two games in hand on the New York Rangers. They have four games in hand on the Washington Capitals. They have one game in hand on the Carolina Hurricanes and New Jersey Devils. Those only mean so much, though, if you win them. The Penguins need to start winning those games in hand if they really want to cement their playoff spot for the season. Because the Eastern Conference right now, it's a lot more competitive. The Sabres have really been coming on. The Panthers are still right there. The Islanders, they're tied. The Penguins are tied with them right now. The only reason they have the playoff spot is because the Islanders play two more games. So they need to keep pace with all of these teams. That'll do it, though, for this episode of Locked on Penguins Podcast. I really appreciate all of you listening to this one. I will be back with another episode on Tuesday. We'll fully recap the game against the Canucks. Should be a good one. Excited to get to PPG 
to watch it there. But again, thank you all so much for listening. I will talk with you all on Tuesday.